1: I'm Samuel Mann in Bay Dunedin with Mawera Karatai in Fokutani. Kia
0: ora Sam, how's it
1: going? It's going very well, not bad for a Tuesday.
0: Yay for Tuesdays, three days closer to the weekend.
1: Yeah, the weekend looks remarkably similar to not the weekend.
0: <laughs> Groundhog Day.
1: <laughs> and who are we introducing today?
0: It is my great pleasure to introduce Matt Lowe. Matt is the director of Magic and co-owner of Epic Escape here in Fakatani. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you. Good to be here.
1: Kia ora, Matt. Are you in Fakatani, Matt?
2: Yes, I am. Yes, um, live at Ohopi, um, and run a business in Fakatani.
1: And that is an escape room.
2: Yes, uh, Epic Escape is, is an escape room. Um, among other things, we do um, run a, a bunch of other things as well, but escape rooms is our primary business, yes.
1: What got you into that?
2: Uh, me and my partner, Anne, we, uh, we we went and played an escape room, um, had a bit of fun, went and played another one, and played another one, and <laughs> then kind of got hooked on them. <laughs> 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 um so the, the the thing you have to understand about escape rooms is they're very addictive um so yeah you, you, once you've played them um you sort of get hooked on them and we thought that's it'd be a good thing to bring to Faktani. um there's nothing like it here it's very different so we decided one day that that's what we'll do
1: <laughs> so are you, the escape room's closed i i presume but you're working in lockdown
2: uh, yes, so we can't run escape rooms until level two. Um, so currently we're under level three. So we are doing um, contactless pickup as far as board games. We do sell board, a range of board games and things like that. So we're selling them, um, doing contactless delivery and pickups, that sort of thing. Um, we also can run our games online, which is a big thing that came out of, um, predominantly out of America and in the last lockdown. People converted their, you know, real life rooms into a virtual avatar environment. So running them over Zoom and that kind of thing. Uh, so we do that with some of our rooms as well.
1: And is that representations of your physical rooms?
2: Yes, so they're played in, in our in our physical room. Um, but rather than having the team come here and play, uh, we might have a team from, for example, Canada. Um, or you, you know, we've had one team where half the team was in Australia, the other half is in Auckland, things like that. They all jump on a Zoom call. Uh, we have a game master who is in the room who plays a character in the room, and the players have to direct the character on what to do. So the players are still solving the puzzles. Um it's it's slightly less immersive, but we tweak the storyline to make it make it fit um as as to why they're online as opposed to they're in person.
1: So is one person the one person is in the room.
2: Yes. Yes, so with, there with, is one, one person in the room. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, correct.
1: That's cool. Did it did it yeah. take long to to get that set up? Like that's that's quite a big transformation from a thing that is so Tactile and immersive?
2: Um it's it wasn't really. Um I was quite amazed actually in how quickly uh when we went into lockdown the first uh first time last year, um how quickly everyone around the whole world and in every industry basically adapted to um to, to be able to just continue operating. So it was, yeah, it was a, a maybe a two to three week setup process. Um, and then it's been adapted and tweaked in that time to um, improve the system, make it a little bit better. Um, but yeah, it's uh, all the technology was already there. Um, people just weren't necessarily using it. And when it went into lockdown the first time, it sort of forced people to go, hey, how can we do things differently?
1: Yeah, one of the things that we've noticed is that people had to stop and think, not what I do, but what is the purpose of what we do so in your case, it's not we have people come to these physical rooms it's uh i don't know how you describe it, but something about providing immersive ent- entertainment
2: yeah yeah um the the main i mean the ultimate thing of an escape room um uh, is is the people want to solve puzzles, people like to be challenged um so that's the whole premise of an escape room is to. Um, you know, you, you try and solve puzzles and work out problems and things like that. Um, a big part of escape rooms is the immersion of it. Um, so, you know, when you're in an escape room, you're it's, it's an immersive environment. It's themed um, and that sort of thing. So you do lose that a little bit on a uh, in an online version. Um, but ultimately, people do it to challenge themselves and 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 solve puzzles.
1: I do like that. That immersive aspect, but also it's the the problem solving which feels real, but also is safe. I, I don't know if you do it, but the one in yeah. Dunedin they 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 say, actually the store's not locked. If if anybody freaks out, you can walk yep. out the store.
2: Exactly, it's it simulates a high pressure environment, um, so. We, yeah we we operate the same uh, we have emergency exits on the doors so you can push the button and leave at any point you want um, it's been in faani it's a relatively uh, new concept so we've spent the last um you know two years um, that we've been open sort of educating the public on what an escape room is and, and probably more importantly what an escape room isn't so people think that they'll be running around a maze and having people chasing them with a chainsaw or something like that but Obviously, that's, um, you know, health and safety. We can't really do that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, basically, you can you can leave at any point you want. Um, you're not actually locked in the room. People come in and um, they're a little bit uh, nervous and reserved about playing an escape room because they don't really know what to expect. And they're, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll probably just go in for... 20 minutes and have a look, um, and then I'll, I'll probably come out. An hour later, they're completely immersed in the game and just having so much fun, they completely forget that they were actually meant to be worried about it.
1: <laughs> Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Mount Eden Airwalker. Why this one?
2: Um, oh, this is a bit of an old favourite. Um, Mount Eden, they were a, Ki- a Ki- Kiwi band from Auckland, actually. Uh, made it really big overseas. Um, this song is actually the one I used to when I walked out into the boxing ring for a charity boxing match, which we had here for um, the Life Education Trust. So it's that that was a big challenge for me. I never thought it, I, I thought it's never something I thought I would or or could do, <laughs> but I did it. Um, and yeah, so it's sort of a it's it's a good song that kind of um, pipes me up and motivates me to do things that I think I can't do. <laughs>
0: So, Matt, it, it's an incredible process to set up an escape room. Where does the imagination come to be able to do that? What's your process?
2: Um, it is it is a big process to um, build an escape room. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, it's not just throw a whole lot of puzzles into a room and away you go. Uh, everything has to make sense. Everything has to be there for a reason. Um, everything has to be logical. So there's a it's it's to actually from start to finish it's probably about a six month process, um, quite easily to actually develop a a an escape room. So Anne and I generally start with a bit of a theme or storyline, um a rough storyline, and then uh come up with a bit of a scenario and then build the puzzles around that. So um for for example, one of our rooms, the Joker's casino, um it's it's set in a casino. So we've then adapted puzzles worked out what what is going to be what would you find in a casino and build puzzles into that concept um, so that everything is that everything makes sense
1: and you're creating a story but it's a story that people can solve in different order because you can't predict which which order they're going to solve the puzzles in <laughs>
2: The uh, yeah, that's the thing. We actually can, um, generally in an escape room, there is only one uh, one game flow, so it's there's two different styles. One is what we call a linear game flow, where in order to solve this puzzle, you have to solve the one prior to it. So there's only one, one path of progression through the puzzles. There are some rooms that are non linear, but ultimately, they'll you'll still end up at the the end of the game um so they will still the storylines will still merge but the whole premise of an escape room from a games designer's point of view is you have to make people do what you want them to do but make them think that it's their idea (laughs) so basically basically just manipulating people to do what we want um without them knowing really
1: (laughs) and and how do you set the how do you know what is the right level? Because you could dead easily make it too impossible to solve.
2: Yes, yeah. Um, so that's a bit of a trial and error. Uh, we're getting better at it now. We've learned a lot. Um, but our, our initial rooms, we made them far too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then we made things a bit easier and a bit easier. Um, so we're getting a good grasp on on difficulty levels. Um, we have a bit of a a bit of a blueprint for uh, you know x number of puzzles and allow. X number of minutes per puzzle to have a rough idea. Um, ultimately, it's not until we build the room, put test groups through it, that we actually know exactly how hard it's going to be. Um, we, yeah, we we can uh, we, we have puzzles that we develop and think this will be really easy, and vice versa, ones that we go this will be really hard, and the ones that we always think are going to be really hard and obscure, people just get like that. And then the opposite for the for the for everything else together would be far too obvious and people just completely miss it. <laughs> so so we've just got to put people through the room and uh and, and see what that is. So we're going through that process um right now actually. Um well prior to lockdown with our latest room, um putting test groups through and it, it gives us a huge amount of invaluable insight into um how the room works, what is logical, what isn't logical. Um, and then we adjust the uh, puzzles from there before actually releasing it to the public.
1: We've done quite a lot of work with the games company Cerebral Fix, based in Christchurch. Their tagline is... Uh, well, there's something... might be there. Let's call it their tagline, is we make fun. And what people... Th- th- what we've had to do with them is uh, they've been looking at how that making fun translates into the questions of business then you know the value set and how do that value set turn out in you know software engineering that they have to do in order to make these things from your perspective I I, I presume you've even if it's not that exact tagline you must have something like that or that that is what you you do how do you know if something's going to be fun because you You could say that sticking people in a room and making them solve a whole lot of problems before you let them out again you could take that as not being very fun. that could be a torture so so
2: what is it that makes it fun? Um, I think it's the it comes back to that challenge. people want to be challenged um, and people people want to feel smart as well so in an escape room—it's it's not about making—it's not about making people feel smart. It's the idea is to actually make people smart. So to do that, they need to comprehend what the problem is first of all, and then actually work out a way to solve that problem, whatever that problem may be. And you see it all the time in the escape rooms. And and the the good thing about escape rooms is, it's not—it's uh, not defined to any particular age group for who can solve puzzles Uh, one of our rooms we've we've got we've had kids uh, groups from eight-year-olds through to 80 year olds in there and you have the eight-year-old making suggestions that actually is the solution then on the other end of the spectrum in the exact same group you've got the granddad solving a puzzle on the other side of the room so that's it's everyone can get involved Um, and it's it's not a it doesn't take a particular IQ or intelligence or anything to solve the puzzles. You've just got to go in and look at what you've got. Everything you need to solve puzzles is in the room. Um, so you don't need any outside information or knowledge. Um, quite often, and this is why kids often can solve puzzles that adults are struggling on, it's just it's your observation and looking at what's in the room and uh, identifying those patterns and things like that.
1: Because you could um, come up with... So, you could come up with things that would require you to know binary or Morse code or semaphore or something, but you yes. can't presume that stuff.
2: No, no. So, if, for example, um, Morse code is used in escape rooms, um, if 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 you if you need to know Morse code to solve a puzzle, there will be something in the room that tells you what the Morse code is. Um, you should. If, I mean, there should be anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And and you describe your role. We're described your role as director of magic. It does have that the element of of magic. It it is the it, it it doesn't matter what's happening like behind the scenes. It's the experience that matters.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess unofficially, my title is director of magic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah it's um i guess that, that that's that's another thing that people like about escape rooms is the element of surprise and unexpected um reactions so we try and catch people off guard and you know make the unexpected happen right in front of them so a lot of people think that we actually sit behind the scenes and push buttons when oh, i can see you've you've put something there or you've done put that in the right place i'm going to hit the button and make this happen now. But everything in the escape room is based on the player's input. So we don't actually, uh, we don't have any input whatsoever. So when, when people try and solve a puzzle and they put, say, for example, put some items in a, in a particular place, um, then they look at the camera and go, hey, it's done. Can you solve it now? But actually, we can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, they need to go back and look at it and, and look at what, what information they're missing because that's why the puzzle isn't solved. Um, so, yeah, um, and then, and then when they get it right, it's it, the puzzle solves and the room might change or something might open or you know right in front of them, and that's based on their input. So it it is it is kind of like magic, um, except the players are the magician. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but behind the scenes, just like the the um, magician's assistant is quite often standing in the wings, not on the stage. There's there's Arduino or, or, or something boards running the thing. So are you coding those? Yes,
2: yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so there's a um, there's there's a lot of electronics in the room, um, and a that, that we, we try and keep that hidden out of sight. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a huge amount of electronics and sensors and everything, all throughout the room to um, yeah basically make whatever we want happen.
1: I taught interaction design for the, the longest ever time and took people to the the museum um, to look at the interactive exhibits on the basis that if, in, in, if you're designing in the museum situation, uh, keyboard, screen or mouse, any of those visible, you failed. And, and you've got a similar yep. – you, you don't want the computer, you want the computing to help tell that story, to help yes. the magic.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, and that's the that's where the element of surprise comes in in escape rooms because that someone might look at an object and go, "Well, it's just, uh, you know, it's just a I don't know ostrich egg. That's all it is." But in actual fact, they put that ostrich egg somewhere, or you know, they they can make the room interact and behave in a particular way by doing whatever they meant to do with that, and that can be whatever we decide within that game flow.
1: This might be a long bow, but I'm going to draw it anyway. Do you think that we can learn from how people interact with uh, with escape rooms, that kind of engagement for problem solving in in life?
2: Oh, yes. Yes. Uh 110% yes. Um it's it's one of the probably the more unexpected um, results of of running escape rooms, um, we get a massive insight into how teams operate. Um, so we do we do a lot of team building for corporate organisations and things like that. Uh, you can get a huge insight and how people communicate because it puts them under a um, you know simulated high pressure environment, and communication and teamwork is key to successfully working through an escape room. Um, without it, you you very rarely be successful. So to put uh work groups through that does give a really good insight into how people behave um you know you can have one person withholding some information or find find a piece of information and hold on to it and walk around the room with it and not actually tell anyone else they have got it while you have someone else holding the other half of the information and because they're both off doing their own thing not communicating they don't actually realize um so yeah, it's um and, and the other side of it is when you, you you can watch people who they'll sort of quietly put their ideas forward because oh well, it's kind of a, you know, they essentially they don't back themselves. So they'll go, Well, uh oh, no, that's a silly idea. Uh no, I won't won't do that. Oh, no, will, uh yeah, we'll give it a try. So then they actually do put their idea forward and they're heard and their solution is actually correct. So then next time they're a little bit more confident and they put their idea forward a bit more. And then, you know, they, they'd start to actually be heard, which we've, we've, we've seen it within the space of an hour in our rooms where you have a junior staff member who came into the room really quiet and didn't want to, you know, didn't want to um, speak up. And at the end of it saying, hey, guys, this is what we need to do. And in that hour, it's a uh, it's only a short space of time, but it's a completely different person that comes out of that room, whether they realise it or not. <laughs> we can see it. <laughs> Bubble sprite of the forest of Oroku Nui, favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie.
3: Kia ora koutou, nga arohanoui kia koutou ho. hope you're all happy stable, superstars, universes. I really hope whatever you are, if happening around this journey on together, it's proving to be very reward, very sustaining for you more each day, who you are, triumph of nature's art and here, thank you. We've moved through different thresholds over the last month, so many shifts and changes for us in the midst of this global, world. and for us in Aotearoa, New Zealand, of course, and we still are by each other, a government which and strategy. I know for all of us, we have loved ones all over the world, the UK, indeed, lots of friends in all different parts, and seeing what they are dealing with, it's very hard. So I really hope for you, you found to keep in touch with all your loved ones, find ways to keep support each other. And we are about to move through yet another threshold into a state of more freedom here, but we will have to make some changes. This of course is Delta 2, level Delta 2, so a lot more mandatory mask use and various and mandatory record keeping and a real focus on vaccination and I know that it will be different for us what a lot of us will experience is a sense of grief and loss for the life that we once knew but it's also an opportunity for us to explore new ways of being, seeing, feeling as best we can to grow into this situation I know for me, my work at Otokanui, teaching with masks and different will be really interesting. Because we are largely outside, it will be easier. But when we do use our ends, of course. But I know for all of us, throughout our lives, we've had things change around us, we're very good at it. So I really hope for you, you're exploring way, you can do things differently, this new level, Wherever you are, whatever changes are taking place around you, knowing that within yourself there is that constancy, that the work you're doing is important, that the relationship you have and that you're making are so important, that these actions we take now will last forever. They of course will impact the lives of all of those of us now, but also those lives that are waiting to be this place safer for them, or we'll keep ourselves for them. And of course, I hope that for you this time when we have been at home again has served as a reminder of those things you love. I've certainly been inspired to transform the world mansion bit by bit, and even more beautiful. So I hope you've got some fun future projects to look forward to, and I'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks so, so much, Sam, and the whole Blame team.
1: You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Matt Lowe. Matt, what's next in. Escape rooms
2: uh, well we're uh, like I mentioned earlier we're currently developing our uh, fourth room so at the moment we're just putting the, we've had test groups through we're just doing some refinements so while we're in lockdown we're just putting the last finishing touches on that um, so that once we go to level two we're ready to ready to run, go live with it um, after that um, aiming to have a uh, get our fifth room open um so hopefully um by the end of the year we'll have that up and running
1: and the doing virtual rooms must open up the possibility for people from a, from all over the place
2: yeah so we uh we do ha- we, we host players from all over the world so like i said they don't have to all be from one household either we have teams from Auckland and Australia playing together or you know Canada and the US that sort of thing um, so that opens up a huge, huge avenue um, and a huge market. Um, and, and we've also got the, uh, added a um, virtual game show called Dash, which is um, great for households who are stuck inside and locked down. Um, basically, we jump on a on a Zoom conference call and one of us, uh, um, myself or Anne, is a uh, game show host, and we'll give a series of challenges to the household um, so it's household versus household style um, game, um, and they'll get a whole lot of bizarre challenges, and uh, they're all competing against each other. So it's a lot of fun.
1: And you sell board games. What's the biggest selling board game at the moment? Thing is, we're all in lockdown. We're all we're all digging those out.
2: Um, to be honest, I wouldn't be able to give you a top-selling one. Uh, we sort of stock a lot of different styles of games, not your traditional uh, Monopoly, Cluedo, Scrabble sort of thing. Um, we try and get different sort of games. Um, and there's anything and everything is going out the door. So yeah, it's, it's good.
0: Matt, um, I live in Fakatani. I had no idea about Dash. And I feel really sad that I didn't know about Dash. And so, so how exactly does it work? How do people actually... Because obviously you could do this for anyone anywhere in the world. How do people get in touch with you to find out about that?
2: Um, So it's um, don't feel too bad about not knowing about it because it has only been live uh, since basically start of this week. Um, so since we've only just launched it um, so if you jump on our website you can get all the information about it Uh, if you go in there and find online games you can have a look on there you can book it you can get a bit of information about exactly what it is as well uh, on there so yeah it's a a, again it's a household versus household thing so generally have three maybe four households um, and you can have five people in each household participating sort of thing um so it's it's good fun kids love it keeps them occupied um yeah it's good fun
0: you could do that as an office versus office thing too hey eh? if you had like yeah, brunch absolutely and, a brunch and, and, a brunch and once we're out once we're out of back into level two and one that would be really cool
2: yeah yep um and i mean if yeah even if um it's, it is ideal to do it while we're in lockdown if you can get groups together as well. Um, so if you do have a workplace that's working um, together in, in a bubble, then, yeah, we can host it there too. So
0: how does that work? What what sort of things would you do?
2: Um, so there can be... A, 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 it's just a whole series of um, different challenges. So we'll, um, we've got a whole lot that we can choose from. But, um, for example, it might be... Um, first team to go and find an object that matches the first letter of their name. Okay. So everyone has to scatter, find an object uh, that matches the first letter of their name and come back. So it's yeah, it's, it's quite, it can be quite a physical game. Some of yep. it's mental um, and memory. Some of it is physical. <laughs> but it's good
0: because it gets people moving around and, and, um, hopefully, working together. I'm guessing there'll be a, a bit of a working together component to that too.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, it is a um, everyone has to work together with it.
0: So, what did you, before this? What did you do? How did you end up here? Other than your interest?
2: Um, well, prior to this, I was a professional photographer. Um, so, I was I worked as a professional photographer for uh, about eight years um and and then like i said at the start we got hooked on escape rooms so um as as all addictions are you sort of like give up everything else to go all out with it and (laughs) and here we are so we're um yeah but it's it's similar to similar
1: to what i was saying about the you know um what can we learn from this you're approaching this business as if you're in an escape room that that it's it's fun and there's problems to solve and they shut you down so you move to here. Is is it a mindset yes. that, that that you have?
2: I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a little bit hard for me to answer that one, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it probably is. Um, the 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 premise of you know our, our brand and Epic Escape is um, it's every day is is fun. Um, you have to have fun doing what you're doing. Um, and yeah, um, no idea is a stupid idea as well. Cause it's, um, Anne is generally the one that will come up with sort of the, the puzzles and the ideas. Um, and I'm the one that needs to implement it and, and make it happen. So it kind of works quite well because she does, she's not limited by the, the um, you know, the, the walls of, Oh, that's not possible. She just has an idea and goes, here we go. And then uh, uh, I'm generally the one going. Oh, yep, sure, okay. How? Yeah, uh, find a way to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it it comes back to just no idea is a stupid idea, um, which is a, um, a a good method for playing an escape room as well.
0: We've interviewed a couple of photographers over the last few months, um, and there's this magic that happens, funny, the director of magic, I think photographers are magic, that you can anticipate that perfect moment just before it happens. You know that it's coming and you press the button, which then that time from when you press the button to when it happens, you knew it was going to happen. There's something really magic about the photographer's lens on life, no pun intended. But So do you think you're applying that to this? It seems like you are.
2: Um i think as a yeah as a photographer, you do sit and watch and observe and uh to a certain degree um and, and would probably disagree because generally if we're you know sitting somewhere watching the sunset, we're not sitting there together and i'm you know that kind of thing I'm actually running off here and there and trying to take get a photo from here and this angle and over here and that kind of thing so <laughs> but um yeah it's it's you do. Watch things and anticipate things. Like you say, you have to anticipate what's going to happen, where the where the light's going to move, how it's going to behave, and that sort of thing. So, because it's uh, the the one thing with photography, it's not just it's not often fluke. Um, it has to be planned, but you can't plan everything. So it's half right place, right time, and half being prepared.
0: <laughs> Looking at the problems that our kids are facing is, is the barriers to their future, which are the things like um, climate change, the future of work, housing, um, everything like there are so many barriers to the future for our children. And um, one of the things I always think of is that it's that that we're not teaching problem solving as much as we ought to and we're not teaching critical thinking as much as we ought to. And here you are doing exactly that. I reckon you should be designing the curriculum.
2: Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, I, I agree. There's a um, – in, in our rooms, we don't allow any cell phones in the rooms. So And that's primarily so that people can't go in and take photos and record and that sort of thing. Uh, people often think that that's so that they can't Google the answers, but Google will be of no help in a, in an escape room. Um and quite often it's it's you you get a almost a negative reaction from um from people like, Oh my god, I don't have a cell phone for an hour. What? I can't what? <laughs> um and then and then you sort of look at the parents and the parents are like, Yes, no phone for an hour. But then the kids get inside the room and they actually completely immersed in the environment and you know, they they, they forget about that. Um but the other side of that is we do see um, it's there's a definite um, it's it, the attention span is much much shorter than what it used to be say um, so yeah if people can't solve something in 20 seconds or even less then they might walk away from it but in actual fact that they're, they're perfectly capable of solving it um, and but, but they'll, they'll hit the button for a clue or something like that. And it's, like, we're, we're sitting there behind the scenes, um, you know, because we will send hints and clues through to teams when they want them. Um, and we're sort of sitting there behind the scenes going, no, just, just keep going with that train of thought. You're almost there. Like you can actually do it. Um, and yeah, sort of yelling at our computer screen going, no, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we will actually, uh, we'll, we'll ignore or or hold off sending a clue through because we can see a team a team member is almost going to you know um, solve it so we sort of just hold off sending the clue through um but yeah there's uh there there is a almost a resistance to want to want to solve puzzles which is ironic given you're in a room full of puzzles
0: do people get (laughs) surprised at how how they how it goes, like do they come out and go, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that, or that was so hard and you know that real satisfaction kind of language do you hear that?
2: yeah, yeah, um like I said at the start it's it's people want to feel smart, so when they come out and they've solved the room, they genuinely feel smart um and and they genuine genuinely are smart. Uh, we don't make easy rooms for a reason. <laughs> Um so and, and I mean, we keep all the stats on the rooms as well, um and people often go through a room and they'll get one hint and they'll go or they might come out you know they have an hour to solve all the puzzles. They might come out in one hour, one minute sort of thing, and they feel really bad because oh we 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 were a minute over we didn't get out in time, but in actual fact, they had no hints or something right. like that, which is uh you know um most of our rooms it's only about ten to fifteen percent get through with no hints at all so it's you know um yeah maybe it's just the pressure people put on themselves and <laughs> i need
1: to squeeze in the second of your music choices i'm going to assume this is pronounced awol nation Correct. kill your heroes why this
2: um i think purely because of the one line in it that says never let your fear decide your fate
1: We've seen lots of change in society over the last year and a half. What do you think is going to stick, and more importantly, perhaps, what do you hope will stick?
2: I think just a bit more um, kindness and compassion, and you know, um, at the end of the day, we're we're all in the same boat, um, and whether you apply that to lockdown and COVID or just life in general um, we're all all in the same boat and um, yeah
1: what's the biggest success you've had in the last year or so
2: biggest success in the last year or so I'd say would be um, we're still in business <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been uh it's been a challenging time running a um a, a business like this in a small town particularly um and uh i mean even in our first six months we had the Ficardi eruption um, which slowed things and then within the first nine months had the first lockdown uh, because of covid-19 um so the first year was was fairly fairly challenging um but we've still managed to actually um grow and expand um back then we only had two rooms but yeah um end of this year we're aiming to have have five rooms so yeah we'll still actually manage to grow um not only survive but grow in that time which i'm I'm quite pleased with um but I think that's down to the um the support like i say it is it's a we're a small town, but um, the the locals have um, backed us and supported us, which is great.
1: Where does your positive outlook come from? You always had it?
2: I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have. I I, I can't say uh, you know it comes from this yeah you know, uh, any particular place or what. Um, yeah, maybe uh, maybe from my parents. Um, yeah, they they've, they've they've been business owners and built their own business. Um, and back in about eighty seven, I think same year I was born, it actually burnt to the ground um, completely. So they've actually lost everything um, and started again. Um, and and it's a very successful business still to this day um, and almost coming up on their 40th anniversary um, of operations. So, I don't know. It's, I guess, um, yeah, you yeah. just have to make the most of whatever you've got, whatever that may be.
1: So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower?
2: Don't take no for an answer. Um, yeah, just just do things. Try it. Even if you even if you're not sure it'll work, there's only one way to know. So just do it. If you don't try it, you'll never know. Do
1: you consider yourself to be an activist?
2: Uh, no. I mean, I'm not active. <laughs>
1: What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning?
2: It's um, every day is just a chance to actually go and do something. So, um, yeah, I don't like sitting around not doing anything.
1: So what is the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or so?
2: Uh, biggest challenge, I would say, is um, grow, yeah, growing grow this business, expanding this business, um, and yeah, uh, we've, we've, we've got some got some big plans for it, um, and uh, I, I can't elaborate too much on them, but uh, <laughs> we've got some big plans for it. So yeah, that's um, that's sort of our focus at the moment. And
1: lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners?
2: Just be happy and content, uh, you know. No, no matter what, what you're going through or where you're at, um, where you are now is where you're meant to be um, and just be content with that. Um, not, not to say it's always going to be a comfortable, happy place, but where you are is where you're meant to be.
1: Thank you for that. Moira.
0: I really uh really like that line that you quoted from your last song um, never let your fear decide your fate and uh, i see you actually living that and you know it's all very nice to say oh i like a line from a song but that is that's who you are and that's what you do and i think you are an extraordinary role model and i really am excited to see um where you're going with your business and we're extremely lucky to have you here in Fakatani doing this Thank you very much for your time, Matt. It has been an absolute privilege listening to you talk today, Kiota.
2: Not a problem. Thank you very much. It was uh, good to be here. Thank you, Matt.
1: positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Foo Fighters... as Bay Baden Dunedin with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani and in Ahopi we've been joined by Matt Lowe but that was Blowing Bubbles we hope you enjoyed the show